0: Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My guest today is Lucifer.
1: Now, my hello! Name, <laughs> hello,
0: I come to suck your blood. Um, that,
1: that, okay.
0: My name is Jed.
1: And I'm Stephen Long.
0: Hello, Stephen. So this uh, this episode is late, so um, so we're just going to, I'm just going to have Stephen on the whole time and uh, we're going to get to awesome. the interview in a little bit. Um and before that, we're just going to shoot the breeze. Steven, what's Fantastic.
1: up, buddy? Uh, not too much. Uh, it, it's pretty great here. I was uh, very confused about when we were going to record because I forgot that you're in central time. And so basically, I've just been twiddling my thumbs for about an hour. Uh, but it's all good.
0: Wait, where are you at? What state?
1: I'm in North Carolina. I'm in Asheville. Oh,
0: okay. That's right. Yep. That's yep. the... Yeah, that got it's me... In... A,
1: it's a center of heathenry and, yes, you know, yes. lots of lots of weirdness and witches here, and I'm very happy to live up to the Asheville name.
0: Is there... Oh, yeah, I guess you're right, huh? That's that's the art. Is there actually a big... Uh, actually, come to think of it, my Wiccan friend moved to Asheville.
1: He, oh, yeah. There's a huge Wiccan community here.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, so... There isn't a very big satanic community here, as far as I can tell. I, I'm working on kind of building something here and, and kind of trying to find more of a, more of a community through North Carolina. But um, uh, I find that this area is very open to uh, lots of New Age and, and paganism and neopaganism and what have you. But uh, for non-theists like myself, it seems to be a bit more difficult.
0: So, jeez, yeah, non. We're gonna <laughs> so, get so, so, many, so many terms. We'll, we'll so many get questions. Into it. Uh, okay. But first, we're gonna do a lighthearted. Uh, Today, I learned. Okay, this is a. It's a little segment I usually do where I pull from the uh, Today I Learned subreddit. Okay. Y- y- are you ready for me to learn you a thing or two?
1: I'm I'm ready to learn.
0: Uh, so, Pablo Escobar. Okay, you with me? Uh-huh. You following? His, I'm following so, so far, <laughs> Pablo Escobar um, brought hippopotamuses okay to Colombia for his private zoo. Uh, obviously, Pablo's dead. Since then, they are now exploding in population, <laughs> and there is a hippo at problem first, in Colombia. At first,
1: I thought. At first, I thought you were going to say, "And they're just exploding, and, and just they're just stopped.
0: spontaneously blowing it just,
1: up." And just stop right there. And this would have been a much more interesting story if you just <laughs> stopped right there. Exploding hippopotamuses would be far more exciting, in my opinion. But that is very interesting. Yep. I, I mean, that's uh, that's uh, quite a bit of muchness it is, right there. It's,
0: it's it's now the only other place outside of Africa where uh, wild packs of hippos exist.
1: Okay, in now
0: Colombia, South America.
1: W- so Pablo Escobar didn't he also own the island that Fire Festival yes. got for correct? <laughs> and yeah, that was a disaster. Uh, I'm I'm actually my uh, colleague and I, Matt Langston, were talking about putting on a festival for like podcasts and stuff, and we we recently watched that documentary and we we're like, as long as it isn't Fire Festival will be fine. <laughs> did
0: you did you were you aware of it like when it was going on? Cuz I remember yes. I remember yes. the and cheese as, sandwich post.
1: Yes, me too. And and as a fucking misanthrope who hates social media, I do it out of spite and and just hates the the influencer Instagram world and I I just despise all of it. As as I I was it, I Got like deep Schadenfreude. I felt deep <laughs> satisfaction because I was watching the whole thing. Like I was, I was just on my laptop for hours and hours and hours D- that day, just following the whole thing. Do
0: quick, do a quick definition of Schadenfreude because it's one of my favorite uh, <laughs> German <laughs> it, words. It
1: means uh, a deep sense of vengeance. Yes, and and vindication. Yeah.
0: Yep, it's my. <sighs> I, I talk a lot about reddit lately but it's one of my favorite projects. that's paperbacks. good
1: that's great you know i uh I lurk a lot of the really scary reddit pages like the incel forums not because I'm an incel I have Those the Satanist so I have I, the satanist thing already that's weird enough. But no, I I lurk a lot of the really bizarre, scary like red pill alt right stuff. Um just because I so weird. it's it's scary and I feel like I I uh need to understand it.
0: So I just so I made uh my listeners know, the congregation knows uh your boy made Reddit front page a few uh a few months ago. That was a high point of my life and since then I had another post with a solid 15, let me see what it's at currently, 15.3, a thousand upvotes, my friend. It was a shower thought, too, so I'm pretty proud of it. Do you want to hear?
1: I would love to hear it.
0: Uh, The sport that really should be drug testing for marijuana is competitive eating.
1: Yeah, that's true. Isn't it, though? Those, those, uh, like, how many hot dogs can you eat? How many burgers can you eat? in one sitting kind of thing.
0: Weed will be a definite performance enhancer for yeah. that specific uh, event.
1: <laughs> awesome. So do you have any other uh, Reddit stories for me? Anything more exciting than exploding hippopotamuses? You didn't like
0: the hippos, dude? I thought that was hilarious. I actually, I mean, I the, actually do. The, hold on. What was it's it? It's all
1: right. It's all right. I, I, just because I was expecting exploding hippopotamuses... I <laughs> And then there is a very steep uh, anti-climax yeah, when I, 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 I can get realized that, that they weren't exploding. Um,
0: man, I got nothing. I got nothing. Okay. Else. That was my big one. I did, That's fine. Uh, the, uh, do you remember that girl that text messaged her boyfriend to kill himself?
1: Text messaged? Uh, do you remember that? that? Okay. Say so, that one more time. I think Uh, I do remember something. It was this
0: girl. So it was this this kid. uh, Oh, she compelled. She She had someone.
1: She had someone base. She had her boyfriend assassinate her basically as a suicide. No, 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 no. no. Okay, maybe I'm thinking this one was.
0: So it was. It was. They're both seventeen, and this kid was suicidal, and he went into his. uh, The girlfriend was like, "You should kill yourself." He went into. That was like paraphrased, but that was what the text message basically said. He went into his garage, got in his car, turned it on, and was going to die from carbon monoxide. He he got scared, mm-hmm. went out mm-hmm. of the garage. The girl texted him, you need to go back in there. He did. He unfortunately died. And the next morning, the, girl, the girlfriend went on like, oh, my God, rest in peace, my sweet, loving boyfriend. Like, how could you do this? Yeah, fuck yeah. that. That's awful. Well, she just, yeah, when, she, so she, when did this happen? That was in... That was a few years ago, but she just got oh, okay. sentenced to prison today. So okay. justice served on that one. Very good. It was it was a very interesting case of like what constitutes essentially like a second degree murder kind of, accessory to murder. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. My uh my partner works in suicide prevention actually. And uh so I'm Fun constantly lines? Uh, he uh, works on site. He, he runs the hotline at the VA and um, and is doing group therapy and is working with law enforcement and trying to keep people from killing themselves. And so he comes home with just some really, really horrifying stories and then some really beautiful stories in which he's able to talk people down from the ledge and get them help. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what he does every day.
0: That's yeah. That's similar. Um,
1: yeah. My life is pretty boring compared to what he does. Is that a? There's a monster that just came in through your window behind you.
0: Oh yes, that is a ferret. What is? Oh, I have two ferrets. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I can imagine though if you did not, if you weren't there's, expecting it.
1: I was. It. I. I was like, it looks like there's a possum climbing in to your room.
0: Yeah, I mean that's not a hundred percent wrong. Okay.
1: okay. Ferrets are very cute.
0: They are. They 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 bring me so much joy.
1: Good. I've thought about getting some ferrets. You should. But
0: always get at least two though.
1: Okay, because I but I have cats. I have 3 cats. I do too. I have and three that, cats. As okay. well. And that okay, and and they get along?
0: Well, so all right, here's the thing. If so I raised them originally with a kitten and a puppy and they all got along, swimmingly the okay they they all kind of grew up together and it was a black kitten so when i moved in with my wife we have she has she had another black cat i think my ferrets thought that that was their friend and they tried to play with it the cat was really freaked out so they don't get along <laughs> currently no uh they run the house as far as like the cats are very scared of them but it is possible for if you get the ferrets young yeah they'll they'll, okay. they'll play
1: Okay, cool because I I definitely want more creatures in this house. Um right now we have three cats and I and I want more beasties around.
0: Yeah, ferrets are good. I I highly recommend them.
1: Awesome. Um, well, I'm glad that it that there wasn't, you know, like a mangy possum I mean, climbing I, into your room I, behind you.
0: I mean, the the funnier thing would have been like, what are you talking about? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> or if you just see like my murder I'm just, live I'm yeah. just halluc-
1: I'm just hallucinating. Right. Um
0: <clears throat> so speaking of hallucinating and
1: uh and weird shit. Yeah, there we go. i a lot of I'm into, a lot of, I'm a, into a lot of looking into a lot of weird shit. I'm into a lot of weird shit.
0: Yeah, so give me the snapshot um of who you are, what your podcast is and uh give me the intro first.
1: Sure. Well, so I'm Stephen Long and I host a show called Sacred Tension, the spiritual discipline of asking questions. And I cover issues from LGBT to faith to uh, social justice issues to cults, um, political issues like Marxism, uh, l- uh, misunderstood issues, awkward, uncomfortable subjects that tend to make uh, certain groups of people squirm, whether it be on the left or on the right, and, uh, and then I delve in to those issues in conversation. Uh, so I talk to a lot of cult experts and Satanists and theologians and, and uh, queer activists and, and everyone you can imagine, All that a huge spectrum of people. I also write every week at stephenbradfordlong.com. I've been a blogger for many years now. And um, I'm I, and personally, I am a post-Christian. <clears throat> I, I still consider myself within the Christian world, but I am, you know, theologically, I think you would call me post-Christian, now, someone who doesn't necessarily hold to Orthodox Christianity, uh, but is in a spiritual and theological place that is only accessible by way of Christianity.
0: So but so wait, so you wouldn't classify as a Satanist?
1: I classify as both. Okay. So it it's and I am a Satanist and I am a member of the Satanic (laughs) Temple. So so
0: interesting.
1: So so the way so the way to think. Okay. So the first things first. Um, I call myself a Christian because I think that that is my most basic language. Uh, We we live in a Christian culture. Our programming is Christian, and if you are as deeply indoctrinated as I have been through my life you're never going to really get rid of it. I will always have that symbolism, those liturgies, the the scriptures, the stories, deeply embedded within my psyche. They have been mapped onto my being in such an impermeable way that I don't think I'll ever be rid of them. And, And in that way, I am a Christian. In that way, I will always be a Christian. And in fact, I really think that Satanism is just an extension of Christianity. Satanism is an extension of of the Christian mythos, of the Christian mythology, and really comes out of that. But the, you know, the first thing to understand about me is that I'm a non-theist. So non-theism is a lack of concern is a disbelief and or a lack of concern about whether or not there is a God. However, it is often more associated with religious movements. For example, Buddhism is non-theistic. Taoism is non-theistic. Certain forms of Quakerism are non-theistic. There are quite a few religious cultures and religious movements that have religious practices but don't necessarily believe in a God. So we, you know, we really have this false binary. We, we have this this false binary between religion and atheism and that atheists can't be religious. And that's bullshit. That isn't true. Um, there are quite a few religious atheists out there. And and so I am a deeply religious atheist, um, deeply religious non-theist. They're, they're really interchangeable s- terms.
0: So many questions.
1: Beautiful. All right. Well. So. So we can. Okay. So uh, let's just go from there. Let's.
0: Yes. Okay. God, I don't even know where to start. Um. (laughs) All right. For some. All right. For this is just going to be some shotgun questions. I just want yes or no. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Afterlife. No. God. No. A literal devil. No. Spiritual forces. No. Uh, weird. My phone, like my, my Google app just uh, opened up when I said literal devil. That's weird. It's a
1: sign from God. It is real.
0: Um, (laughs) Bible useful.
1: Bible useful. Yes. Useful. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, psych. That was a fake out. I meant true. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: God. Okay. If <laughs> I'm use, kidding. okay. Um, I mean, I can answer that one too. No. Uh. <laughs> okay.
0: So this is all right. So you, what were you raised as? What were your parents? I was,
1: I was. So I'm raised by two Presbyterian, okay, uh, charismatic ministers, oh, Lord. and, and. Ministry leaders. My father runs an international ministry. I, I will not say his name. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I was raised on the mission. Is he super well-known or something? Uh, he's super well-known within certain pockets. Okay, gotcha. Um, w- within certain communities. In the Is church. it
0: Mark Driscoll? You can say if it's Mark Driscoll.
1: It's not Mark Driscoll. No, okay. trust me. If it were Mark Driscoll, I would have killed him already. <laughs> I, I would have stabbed him in his sleep if I was his son. <laughs> or he would have killed me because you know he wouldn't have had you know he wouldn't abide he would having have, a a queer have, son
0: he would have Isaac you for sure
1: yeah um, for sure
0: so do you think this is so my logical can my jump my logical jump to a conclusion that was the most broken English ever Um, did your splinter with Christianity start because you because of your sexuality you think
1: You know, I get asked this a lot, and I don't actually think it did. And if you haven't
0: stated, like, what is your sexuality?
1: I don't. I'm I'm gay. I'm very gay. Gay is a three dollar (laughs) bill. Fabulously gay. Burning the building down. Gay. Okay. So now that we have that out of the way, um, I can't imagine that it didn't have an impact on my view of faith. But to me, I can't let me it, it's hard to articulate because, yes, my, my orientation was a definite struggle uh, being raised Christian. You know, feeling like here are these two things that I didn't choose. I didn't choose to be born gay and I didn't choose to be born into the Christian world. And really trying to reconcile those things. But at no point did I ever really... at at no point was Christianity suspect because I was gay. And so I think I have an outsider status because I'm gay. I think I'm more prone to, to see the cracks in the edifice because I'm gay, because I am an outsider within the church. But I don't think that in and of itself was because of what was the cause of my deconstruction of faith. I think What did it was the nature of faith itself. I think I I have always struggled with the nature of belief and believing in something for which I did not believe I had sufficient evidence and the cognitive dissonance of having to choose to believe in a religion for the literal claims of a religion for which I did not believe I had sufficient evidence. And, you know, maybe later we can talk about what constitutes sufficient evidence for me. But right, but okay. that was it. That was the main thing for me. And I have struggled with this for, I think, as long as I've been able to think critically about my life and my faith. And, and really, my orientation was a separate issue. My orientation was a separate thing. And, and really, by the end, near the end, I really felt like I had, reconciled my orientation and my faith pretty well I, but for me the problem was and has and is still the nature of faith itself uh, which is something that i deeply struggle with
0: it's funny cuz i would argue that you strike me as a man with intense faith and convictions right you, you you're, you're pretty sh- certain of what you, well, I would say you're certain that you're not certain at least.
1: Yeah. Um, Let me, let me put it this way. So atheism or non-theism is often confused as a, is, is often misconstrued as the belief that there is no God. And that's not necessarily always true. That is a positive statement, which requires its own set of proofs. Rather There is a kind of soft form of atheism or non-theism, which basically says there is an absence of belief in God in my life because I am, I do not think that I am presented with sufficient evidence that he exists. Does that therefore mean that I believe no gods exist? No, I don't know if there are gods or not. But because I am not given sufficient evidence of a God, I don't believe in one. Does that make sense? Okay. It does. What it's more synonymous with agnosticism.
0: Yes. Yes. There we go. All right, well, do you do you actively search out? Well I guess we do have to lean into so what is what do you consider evidence?
1: So I consider evidence something I I, I have to rule wow. out personal experience. I have to rule out. Why? Uh, okay, so, so in, the, in the court of science, which I think is the best way by which we determine the reality of the physical world, what, what is around us, um, personal evidence, personal testimony is the lowest form of evidence. And the reason for that is because it is so easily manipulated. Human memory is unbelievably fallible. And, and so, you know, and this is coming from also, uh, person, the personal testimonies are all equal of God of spirituality are all, uh, equally compelling and have equal levels of conviction. So if all else being equal, if I believe, uh, St. Paul's story, on the road to Damascus, then I also have to believe Hirsch Applewhite's story of being of having a revelation from a great alien from from the aliens from the great beyond, and that you know there there's a there's a spaceship in the tail of the Halley Bob comet, not hey, to be those in, Nikes were sweet though, dude. Yes, they were, and and you know actually I I just interviewed the uh, the leading expert on Heaven's Gate, and, and oh, so we no talked. Way. And it was great. And so, you know, I was editing that interview today, and so it's like fresh on yeah. my mind. But, you know, and, and so I don't bring that up to be insulting <sighs> to Christianity, but really what it means is that personal testimony, all else being equal, is not valid because all personal testimony, no matter how how much conviction mm-hmm. that's behind it or how much belief, how much sincerity, it can't all be true. And so we need some other external measure by which we determine it to be true. And that is when we get into, uh, what is valid evidence? Is it testable? Is it repeatable? Is it observable? It doesn't hold up to basic scrutiny. And so this isn't to say that I know everything or that I think I know everything or that I think science has all the answers because it doesn't, but it's also not to say that I think all believers are idiots, not at all. I don't, you know, I think people have supernatural experiences all the time. I think people experience weird shit all the, all the time. I have experienced weird supernatural shit, but I can say I've had those experiences and say, I don't know what happened until there's more evidence,
0: tell me what happened. Tell me the weirdest supernatural. If if there was one thing in your life that made you seriously question if there's something else, tell me that.
1: Um, there are two. One was, and, and one is just too long a story to get into. Which is when a friend of mine started manifesting a demon in college, and my father's an exorcist, and so my friends took her to my dad, and it was the most terrifying display of exorcism that I've ever seen in my life. Nothing and nothing in retrospect that seemed supernatural. She seemed to have supernatural strength though. I mean, she was throwing, I'm a, I'm a 240 pound guy and she was throwing, throwing me across the room. Like, and she guys, my weight, across the room like shoving us pushing. i was covered in scratch and bite marks it was a terrifying experience
0: this was like something you were doing as satanists no 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 no, no. this was
1: this was a when uh, you
0: were a christian
1: uh, yes yes more when i was a more fully when i when i more fully believed and and when i was a theist theistic christian okay and um you know, there was another, and, and that was really scary at the time. And that really confirmed my belief in the supernatural. Um, another incident that happened was when I was in a shooting and in, in, in 2007, I was in the famous Arvada shooting in, in, um, Colorado, the religious shootings. And, um, I was the fifth person in the hallway uh, at YWAM. At why? Yeah, Youth it, with a mission.
0: Yeah. Would Would you mind kind of explaining what that was?
1: Yeah. W- well, so I was a YWAM missionary. Youth with a mission. For those who don't know, I was based in a. I was based uh, just outside of Denver, and a gunman named Matthew Murray came to the Denver base, um, shot shot up the hallway, killed. One person, my friend Tiffany, and I was the fifth person in the hallway. And then, no, two people were killed actually. And then Phil, who was like right behind me and to my right, was also killed. And so I was right there. I was right there in the middle of it. And I've done shows about that. If if your listeners want to go check that out, um, and I've I've written about that and PTSD and mental health and all that kind of stuff. But uh, and then um, Matthew Murray went and shot up. New Life Church, which was Ted Haggard's church in um, Colorado Springs. And that's what made the big headlines where he, he opened fire into the congregation as they came out of the church. So my father seemed to have some kind of precognition that something terrible had happened that something terrible was happening and you know, I got this tattoo. Your you listeners can't see it, but I have this tattoo that on my arm that says sacrifices. I got that the day of the shooting. I got it the day, several hours before the shooting happened. Uh, so yeah, that when people ask me about this tattoo and they're like, Oh, why did you get that? Or where, when did you get that? I was like, I'd really rather just not talk about it right now, Yeah, but, <laughs> but, um, I I sent a pic of my tattoo to my dad and he said afterwards that when he got it, he was teaching in front of several hundred Chinese uh, in a a Chinese church in San Diego. And um, the moment he saw it, he had this incredible sense of dread come over it and had this horrible feeling that something terrible was going to happen to me and to the ywam base, and finally he stopped everything and said, "I'm sorry, we have to pray for my son and for a ywam Denver because something's gonna happen, so that is pretty and inc- that's pretty compelling that's, that's pretty incr inc- that's pretty
0: compelling my friend that's
1: that's pretty awesome. There are problems here though my father no 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 is thanks known- for
0: coming on the show.
1: God is real. Uh, <laughs> we will see you next week, folks so So here's the problem. We're very prone to to just uncritically believe stories like that. And um, my father is known to really embellish stories, really embellish stories. And I don't think he does it deliberately. I just think it's what he does. I think he's kind of a showman and I've seen him do it. And that has set a precedent for me to take what he says with a grain of salt. Not that it is not true, but simply that it is, uh, it needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Second is the fallibility of memory. And my father, um, could have recreated that memory. Memories are very easily warped and recreated. You know, we have this idea that memory is just this perfectly clear, transparent, you know, image of, uh, you know, record of the world around us when, in fact, memories are created and are recreated and are recreated again and again and again. And with each time you remember something, you are recreating it and altering it just slightly. So there's the likelihood of that. And the only way to get past that is to have documented evidence of it which there wasn't and finally even if he did have precognition that still isn't evidence of a god that is simply evidence of precognition and we don't know what to do with that right that could be evidence of gremlins talking to him that could have been evidence of uh psychic abilities of esp that could have been uh maybe it was angels Yeah. Me, who knows exactly and so here's the thing even even when supernatural events even if they do occur it is evidence of nothing but something weird happening and we it's very tempting for us to jump to uh conclusions to say this therefore means that we need to put in you know god into that gap when i think the most responsible thing to do is to just say i don't know and to say this is a profound mystery
0: well when you why would you phrase that as the most responsible thing? And what's the danger?
1: <clears throat> the danger is that we could be wrong.
0: Well, so, but it, that's, that's then we're going into, you know, the wager there. You know, I, I have nothing to lose and everything to gain.
1: You mean Pascal's wager? Yeah. Well, okay, so, I, so, Carrie Poppy, who's one of my favorite people on the Don't planet. You cuss at me. <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, she's, um a paranormal investigator and she's yeah. a very skeptical paranormal investigator. She believed that she, that her house was haunted and she, um, was having these horrible auditory experiences, this horrible sense of dread, dark dark spots in her apartment. Like it was scary shit that was going on. And what ended up happening was that it was actually a carbon monoxide leak. and <laughs>
0: Happens every time.
1: And, and if she hadn't gotten it fixed in time, it would have killed her. Okay. It would have killed her. Okay, so that's an extreme example. But the problem with jumping to conclusions is that there is actually a solution out there that is very interesting and can tell us something important about the world. When people have really interesting experiences, and they do, you know, I've had experiences. I'm, I'm very prone to mystical experience, honestly. I think I'm wired for it. Uh, people, people see ghosts. People see apparitions. People say they've been abducted by aliens. I mean, there's all kinds of weird, crazy shit out there what we should do is to really put these under testable conditions because something interesting is going on there.
0: Yes, you're putting all of the stock, though, in the methods of testing, right?
1: I, um, I, I mean, I see, yeah. And I, and observation. And observation. And, okay, so not just testing, for that, example. That
0: alone is like our least trustable...
1: Not necessarily, because we can we can't repeat and test the Big Bang, for example, but we can observe its effects on the universe, you know. And so it isn't just it isn't just testing, but it's also observing and not jumping to foregone conclusions. And and so to me, the most. Could it be a ghost? Sure. Could it be God? Absolutely. But. I am much more comfortable saying, I don't know what this is. We're presented with a fascinating mystery, and I want to see more work done. I want to see more investigation into what this could be.
0: Sure, and, and I guess for me, y- using God as an explanation or believing God is the explanation takes away none of the fascination, mystery, and, and amazement, right?
1: That's good. That's really good. And don't you I patronize think... <laughs> me, Mr. Uh, Mister. Uh, <laughs> well, I was I was going to say, Anton
0: LeVay, all right, you just. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, and I was going to say that I think that that is not true for a great many people, yes. for, for a great uh, yeah. number of people. Right. And also, I think that inserting God into the solution or, or, or into the equation has often blocked us from from stepping further out into the unknown I, agree. I agree. and and that's my concern and, yeah. and so none of this is to say that god does or does not exist but rather that i really resist the impulse to say here are these crazy experiences that people have you know like the ones you asked me about the demon possession incident and then my dad's precognition A- and you know it's really easy for us to step in and say this is proof of god and i'm like mm, let's hold off on that Because this is a mystery, is really what it is, and we should instead explore it more.
0: Fair. And and I, I will be the first, so I absolutely, for a big portion of my life, and ironically, it's what fed into my drug addiction. Because I bought into the very, very misunderstood and poor theology that this world is but a shithole wasteland to be Yeah bared and you know, i'm just passing through trying to go to heaven and yeah. the logical conclusion to that for me was that i'm just going to commit suicide to go to heaven like i thought i had discovered exactly this, this loophole to the whole thing right and i literally i shopped that idea to different pastors which would like that if you ever want to see a pastor squirm that's a good question i'd be like so can i just kill myself
1: that's a like, great. Uh-huh. That's a like, great way to make them real nervous.
0: Yeah, I was like, no, for real though. Like, can I just uh, like, what? well, so then, and that that led to me, you know, being really reckless with drugs. I, I've since mm. realized the error of that, and 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 how that's not even remotely Christian theology. If you really absolutely, like,
1: you, know, you know, that's actually very very interesting because what i'm hearing there and this is a point that i've brought up on my show quite a bit is that theology is a mental health issue no is a public health issue ideas are a public health issue and so we we have to be very cautious about the ideas that we believe and and transmit to others because there are consequences there are lived consequences to theology and to what we believe about God, and and I think because I've I've seen that firsthand being gay and the incredible damage of uh, lots of theology on on gay people. I'm a, I'm incredibly cautious about about my metaphysics, <laughs> about
0: okay. yeah.
1: Uh, I'm in, I'm incredibly cautious. I mean, that's one of many reasons why I'm cautious. But I'm I'm incredibly cautious about what I believe and why I believe it.
0: Right, because that that's something that can literally end in like the Pulse nightclub or like some kind of exactly, yeah, yeah, I, I got exactly. You. Um,
1: or or just in deep mental anguish.
0: Yeah. Or yeah, suicide. Yes, absolutely. Um. My my. Main thing with not believing, I want to move to afterlife. And I have yet to hear a satisfying explanation of how do you garner meaning out of a life in which there is no afterlife? Because, now hear me out. Hear me out. If as soon as you die, everything is forgotten, how can anything have meaning at all and what is the difference between the master and the servant having the same fate, right? You know, what's, why, why do anything over the other except for the express reason of just enjoying yourself or just self-satisfaction?
1: So I'm still working on that one. And I, and I, that's a very good and important question. And I think it's something that holds a lot of people back from exploring non-theism Uh, because there is this terror about how does this life have meaning if there is not a next life. Um, I'll tell you where I am with that. And I will say that I, I no longer believe in a God, and that felt like a crisis of enormous proportions in my life. And I have since come to accept it, but it has also left me with some very scary existential questions like the one you just brought up. First, our our primary question should not be whether or not the truth is satisfying to us, but whether or not it is true. So if we say that I can't believe that there is no afterlife, because then that therefore would mean that this life has no meaning, is really putting the cart before the horse. We should first and foremost be concerned with whether it is true that there is an afterlife or not, regardless of how we might feel about it. Even if something brings us to a horrific conclusion about the human race, something that just leads us to absolute existential dread and nightmare, our primary question should be, is it true or not? And then deal with the consequences later. So that that's very much where I am. Uh, Second, if (sighs) what what has shocked me the most is how little has changed. I feel like I have just as much sense of meaning and purpose now as I did when I was a, a, a a theist. And I can't explain that other than that life has purpose and meaning because we give it life and purpose and our faith is just another way of giving it life and purpose and that my sense of direction and joy and fulfillment in life has not in any way diminished. I I would actually say in some ways it has enhanced because I'm now free in ways that I never have been before. This is the, if, and if this is the one life I have, if this is the one chance I've got, then that actually makes this, this moment of consciousness that I have for these 70 years or 80 years or 30 years or however long it is, it's going to be, that makes that length of time of conscious awareness of unprecedented value. If this is it, if this is all I've got, and that makes it unbelievably miraculous and unbelievably valuable, especially when we consider that my brain right now is 86 to 100 billion neurons. And then between each one of those neurons are up to hundreds to thousands of neural connections, which means that right now in my brain and in your brain, there are literally more neural connections than there are in the entire, than there are molecules in the entire ocean or stars in the known universe, all working in harmony to create this thing that is you, which is the universe being aware of itself. That is incredibly mystical and meaningful. And we pass on and an afterlife, you know, Science Mike is very good on on this front, where he says an afterlife is at least the imprint, the memes, the legacy that we leave to the world. And even if our consciousness does not pass on, we still need to have a consideration of our actions and moral values beyond our death. Um, Right now, that's all I've got. And if it's uns- and I know that that's unsatisfying to a lot of people, I know that that isn't as satisfying as a heaven or living in eternal bliss with God. Um, but my primary question, first and foremost, of whether or not it's satisfying is, is it true and why believe in something for which I do not have sufficient evidence and then I deal with the reality on the ground with, with my lived experience and the consequences of that. And what I have found is that somehow my, my level of joy and meaning in life has not diminished at all. In fact, I would say it's enhanced. All right. Yeah.
0: A couple things. I like it though. I like it. A couple things. First off, look at, look into the eyes of my ferret and tell me God doesn't exist. Okay. That's not, that's not the face of God right there.
1: That's it's not adorable. the face of that's not the face of God. <laughs> it's a, that's a face of a very adorable ferret, but it is, but um, thank you for that. <laughs> second
0: thing, second thing, you mentioned um you mentioned stars in the galaxy, uh space isn't real, we live in a dome. Uh just get that out of the way. No, so I I agree very with good. you. I would suggest though that you, nobody lives that way. If you or if you do you are really li- like making poor choices in life by meaninglessly slaving away at some job you hate. If this is, if what, this is what do you mean? What do you, by
1: uh, clarify the this for me.
0: Yes. Um. Oh wait, what did I say?
1: No one lives this way.
0: Ah, the way. So, as so what the, is the, the this? Yeah, the this is when you said that. Each mo- if this moment is all we have, then it is the most amazing, magical thing ever because this is the only time it will ever be. If that is true, why would you waste a single second on nonsense, right?
1: Uh, no, and, and here's why. Here's why. Because meaning comes to us through mindfulness, And okay, so for example, and this is, this is, you know, the great insight of Buddhism that happiness does not come from success or from living an exciting life. Happiness comes from presence and mindfulness and the world is miraculous and I work 40 hours a week as a, as a grocery store manager. That's what I do. And then I work 10 hours a week as a podcaster. And then I teach three classes uh, a week as a meditation and yoga teacher. And I I live, I really live this life of, of, I try to, as much as I'm able to, of leaning into the present moment as much as possible. And when you do that, it doesn't matter if you're working a boring desk job. It doesn't matter if you're on a mountaintop somewhere. It doesn't matter if you're a Buddhist monk in a cave. The present moment is miraculous, and this is, this is the miracle of mindfulness and, and so I, I actually believe now that there are that through mindfulness, thoughtless actions become thoughtful actions that you know it's the, th- the thoughtless behaviors of, of doing a mindless job that maybe you hate, or you know every job has aspects that we hate, Re- but every job has those mindless aspects, but, but transforming those mindless moments into mindful moments is what gives life its greatest meaning. In my opinion, I can
0: respect that opinion. It, yeah. I mean, it's all, yeah, I can respect that opinion. And it it's almost, it's funny that almost any way of living you choose, any belief system has <laughs> a massive amount of, of mental gymnastics to go. Oh, through, absolutely. Right? At, well, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. And, and,
0: and and to my biggest, and this might be straight up just a personality difference, but, uh, in response to, and I've heard that before science mics and yours, um, that maybe the afterlife is just the, the ripples we leave behind for the people behind us. Like, man fuck that like i don't yeah. like they'll be all right <laughs> well, well and, 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 you and, know and i, I was a... there
1: i was there right right there with you because it it seemed very dissatisfying to me oh, ex- and I just, ugh, it's ex- yeah. it's extremely dissatisfying extremely. but but now now that i am not convinced that there is a God. Maybe there is a God. You know, maybe I'm gonna die and I'm gonna be wonderfully surprised. And I I leave the door open to that. I'm not an anti-theist. Okay, an anti-theist is someone who believes that there is no God, and and then there's soft atheism and soft non-theism, which is where I am, which is just being unconvinced that there is a God and why believe in something about which we are unconvinced okay so there could be a God and maybe I will be wonderfully surprised I'll be very surprised but I would but it would be wonderful but you know now that I am a non-theist, I do find comfort in in that. I'll tell you what keeps me up at night more though i I do sh- I do struggle with my own mortality. I do I do struggle with that deeply. That does frighten me, and, and I think it frightens everyone. Uh, regardless of whether you believe in an afterlife or not, it's scary. It's terrifying. However, I'll, here's what does frighten me more. Uh, looking at my partner and having to confront the fact that maybe he we'll won't live first. forever. Right? Or, or you oh, know, that okay. maybe okay, oh, wow. does that make sense? looking looking at my partner and looking at the people I love and and trying to accept the fact that they will just end th- that they will just end. you know yeah. that that's awful. That's horrible for me, and I'm not going to pretend that that isn't a struggle for me. You know I know I know non-theists who say, no, I'm perfectly at peace with all of it, and I'm not. i I would say I'm getting there. I would say that there are things ab- about it that I am more comfortable with and less so but yeah i'm I'm not gonna lie and say that i'm okay with all of it
0: you know what you want to hear the most uh recently interesting um counter argument to life just ending after you after you die i've heard and I was, it was very simple and i was like oh well, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, basically in a nutshell it's so all we know all we have ever experienced the only literal experience we have is This is life, is existing, right? Yes. The only thing we absolutely are completely guessing about is non-life. And yet, we automatically assume in this imaginary non-life that none of us have any reason or experience in, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. For some
0: reason, though, we jump to that, which seems like the, the most far logical conclusion in the opposite direction.
1: Unless you consider whether you, I mean, do you remember anything before which you were born before you were born?
0: No, exactly. So, so for all I know, I've always existed.
1: So for all, yeah, you know, I, I think that there is, but that could also just as easily be a glitch in the human mind that, that has a, an evolutionary advantage, you know, but
0: if I'm looking at evidences and if I'm looking at experiences and the only thing that I have knowledge and experience of, it's being.
1: Yeah. I think that that is a really good explanation for why we have believed in the supernatural and in the afterlife for True. most of human history, you know, I think that, that that's a really good explanation for why we believe in the afterlife. It would it, it used have, to
0: explain a uh, reincarnation, actually. That was it was kind of like
1: yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I I I can't say that for me that's evidence, but I can say that that's a really compelling reason for why we have believed in an afterlife for pretty much all of human history. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I choose to believe I will see you in heaven, my friend, on the new earth.
1: That's great, and I really <laughs> hope that you're right about that because okay, here I put it I put it this way. There are two ways to frame my non-belief. One is to say I don't believe in God. And trust me, that makes everyone uncomfortable. That makes everyone squirm because it's also very contrary, I think, to, uh, to human history and the human condition where we are adapted to believe in the supernatural and to believe in a God. And so I think it just makes life miserable for everyone, including me. Uh, there's another way to put it. This, the other way to put it is to say, I'm very open to the existence of of an afterlife, the supernatural and God. In fact, I would go even further. I hope that there is a God. I my my personal intellectual integrity will not allow me to go beyond that hope until I have what I believe is evidence. But I hope for a God and I yearn for evidence of the supernatural, which means I'm still looking. Uh, I don't and, you know, I I would love for someone to give me sufficient proof of of the supernatural. And until then, I can't say I believe it, but I can't say I hope for it. And what does the book of Hebrews say that faith is faith is the essence of things hoped for? And I can get behind that definition of faith.
0: Well, so what's the payoff then? What What is the reward system in place for your current belief system? Why believe? And because I, I, I don't know if I'll buy it's if like I'm not going to accept uh, there is none because obviously there there is there is yeah. something some way.
1: I'm I'm a humanist. I which which places human well-being at the center of my worldview Okay. And and then out, you know, I'm also, uh, you know, very concerned about the well-being of other conscious creatures, other animals. And and it puts the care and suffering of of other beings, especially human beings, at the center of my worldview. And that is deeply satisfying that that it's deeply gratifying that I care for that. I have a worldview and and behave in such a way that uh, places other human beings uh, well-being first and foremost.
0: (laughs) Yes, I see. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Well, uh, hmm, yeah, no. Uh, Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And, you know, you bring up a really interesting point there. Atheism is nothing but or nontheism. I kind of prefer the word non-theism because it has less of the douchebag connotation that atheism does. <laughs> yes, yes. You know. Uh and I and I really work against, you know, that strident, angry, didactic, judgy, Dawkins-esque atheism. Yeah. Just as um, bad
0: as evangelicals.
1: Yeah, you know. I'm not I'm not impressed with that at all. So I, I use the word non-theism to kind of offset that some. But all atheism slash non-theism is is an absence of a belief in God. That's all it is. And so you could be like Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan, who still believes tigers. You can own tigers. Actually I think it was lions, but they, you can yeah. also Uh, believe in magic with a CK. You can believe in the supernatural. You can believe in supernatural forces. There are plenty of atheists who still read their horoscope and believe in astrology. There are materialist atheists like Dawkins, but then there's spiritualist atheists, there are shamanistic atheists. You know, I've met people who say, oh, I don't believe in God. And then in in the very next breath say, yeah, and I was trained by a shaman down in South America and I do shaman magic. Okay, that's all atheism is. Atheism does does not equal materialism. Atheism equals an absence of God. That's all it means.
0: Oof. Oof. That rustles my jimmies. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I think that's you know we're going to end with a prayer. Um, Congregation, come uh, come together for uh, Brother Stephen here. That uh, the veil may be lifted. That he
1: sees the light. Please, you know, whenever whenever people say that, you know, whenever people offer to pray for me, I'm like, that's great. I would love to be prayed for.
0: That's awesome. Well. Steven, thank you for um, coming on the show. I'd, I'd like to have you back eventually. Yeah,
1: online. we didn't We didn't even get, get in, really into the Satanism thing, which I'm, I'm sure I we know. can do at another point. But yes. um, I, I do talk about that on the show. I promise yeah, where, people it, it isn't as scary as, as you think it is. Um, it may be yeah. just a little scary, but not not overly scary.
0: Yeah, plug all of your good stuff and where they can find it and all that.
1: Yeah, so you can find me and my my podcast and my writing at BradfordLong dot com. Uh, I also run a podcast network called Rock Candy Recordings, and there's a lot of music there and uh, various shows. You can find that at rockcandyrecordings dot com. And right now, I think that's about it. There are some events coming up, but but I I think I'm not allowed to talk about those yet so well, uh, i will i will announce those can, later yeah let us know and we'll, we'll yeah be sure for sure to, uh, plug it for All sure right,
0: Stephen. thanks again buddy and um yeah send me an email church and other drugs at gmail.com uh send Stephen an email saying god is real send him copies of god's not dead and god's not dead Two. please um,
1: yes actually i would love that um yeah send me your hate mail give me your best proofs of god um and tell me i'm going to hell and and all that stuff
0: no you're not i can't we love, wait we love you too much steven that's that's,
1: that's sweet that's of you that's how we win that's sweet of you <laughs> <laughs>